This week's episode is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast or have tried, but just didn't have the time to figure out all the technical aspects, Pretty Easy Podcasts is here to simplify the process so you can focus on the fun parts of podcasting. If you want a true partner and personal producer at an extremely low rate, go to prettyeasypodcast.com right now to get started. Podcasting is supposed to be a fun and interesting time where you talk about the stuff you know and love. Not a laborious process where you have to learn audio production and build your own studio. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to start a professional sounding podcast that is done your way. Pretty Easy Podcasts, making podcasting fun, convenient, and well, pretty easy. Going on. This is Ken Reynolds from the Seattle Dragons, and this is the XFL Show. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of December 22nd, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. This week, mini camps finished up across the XFL. Teams made roster moves. And we even got our first trades. This is episode 101. Aloha! It means hello and goodbye. And we will soon be saying goodbye to 2019. And hello to 2020, where we are seven weeks away from kickoff. In February, and I mean, with this week's episode, all the stuff we have to talk about, it feels like a giant mountain to climb, Jake, but still, we're pretty close to kickoff. Closer than ever, and and let's just go back a second. Aloha means goodbye, also. I thought that was just a a greeting for hello. Aloha aloha is like a, you get aloha, too. You could also be a, a noun and an adjective at the same time. Yeah, aloha. It means hello and goodbye, Jake. You, you learn something every Not week. Aloha. Aloha. You learn Hello? something. I don't think it's aloha. <laughs> you learn. It's a first name. You learn on this is the XFL show, Jake. That's what it's all about learning. We're going to learn a lot today because we have two tremendous guests, a ton of news to talk about. I cannot wait for everybody to hear this who hasn't heard it yet. June Jones, speaking of aloha. June Jones, former Hawaii legend, Houston Roughnecks head coach, general manager, on the show today, Vince, talking what else, run and shoot. Yeah, uh, this is something to hear. Uh, Very excited for all the listeners uh, to to get a load of this because uh, this guy, he knows offense, and I've been saying it kind of since he, he was hired. Uh, as as the Houston Roughnecks coach, this is his kind of league where he could just get out there and, and just develop all kinds of crazy plays, things to score points. Uh, and that he talks about that in this interview, how 
you know, he's really going to uh, some of the innovations uh, of the XFL are going to be kind of tailor made for what he likes to do. Uh, if there's one coach, uh, I can't wait uh, to see get out there and see what he's got. It's got to be June Jones and the listeners are really going to enjoy this. I with how the rules are apparently going to be set up it it's very likely June Jones ends up being Mr. XFL Vince and I was kind of convinced talking <laughs> talking to him this week and that interview will be airing later on today's program uh with another interview we got two good crisp interviews this week because we also have Dallas Renegades defensive end Winston Craig who has a very interesting journey to the XFL, has been grinding. One of, I would say, the quintessential type XFL players when you talk about guys who have been through it all when it comes to pro football already at such a young age, just trying to find their their footing. He played at Richmond, was a team captain there, and went through the AAF and was pretty much a standout there with the commanders, Bryant. Went through Steeler camp. The XFL comes along and... Uh, Winston Craig, tailor-made for this league as well, and uh, he joined me earlier for a discussion on what it was like going through minicamp, and we're going to get the insight from a player on that, but Bryant, you were also at minicamp this week for the LA Wildcats. Oh, that was uh, an experience like no other. It was it was a lot of fun to be on the field. I was there for two days uh, for their fan event on Sunday, and I went back on Monday uh, to to speak to uh, Commissioner Luck, which we're going to get into a little bit later, but that was a pretty cool atmosphere. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie about that. I mean, there was you know teams trying to to figure out these new rules and, and players, you know, just grinding out there. A lot of one on one drills. I thought I was going to see some Oki drills, Vince. I thought of you when I saw that was going to happen. No hitting, no hitting in minicamp, Bryant. <laughs> not just yet. Officially, officially, yeah. no hitting. Uh, so yeah, we'll get we'll get. Uh, into what's some of what Oliver Luck said, some of what happened at LA uh, Wildcats minicamp and other minicamps around the XFL. Um, looking back, though, at last week, it was episode 100. Thanks to everybody for all the love on that milestone, everybody reaching out on social media, at XFL Show, uh, telling us congrats and whatnot. But after we recorded the show, Bryant, we landed a couple of good crisp interviews we threw in there just in the nick of time for everybody. Oh, I was uh, I was on the beaches of Laguna Beach when I got the call to, to get some interviews in for this week. So I had to stop what I was doing and, and get those in. So thanks to Tim Cook and uh, Keenan Reynolds from the Guardians and Seattle Dragons, respectively. Uh, it was pretty cool. Good insight. Different journeys, but same um, goal and to be successful in the XFL and beyond. Uh, so thanks for them for their time. And I, I thought we got some good information, especially, you know what it's like to be kind of a journeyman in, in in the football world nowadays and and to go through practice squad to practice squad uh, and, and end up you know in the xfl now yeah you go from talking about uh, a guy like keenan reynolds who's in the limelight as a college star uh you talk about uh, like guys we're talking to today the guy we're talking to today winston craig who played at a smaller school in richmond but has been noticed by scouts for his talent and has been just on the cusp of making it in the pros and now is in the XFL, just went through Renegades camp. So we're getting the insights from players and they all have a different story. They're all super interesting. And uh, we're going to have another one for you later on today. Uh, also, though, looking back at last week, um, authentic jerseys went on sale while replica jerseys, Bryant, uh, were flying off the shelves. People are picking up their XFL gear. Those authentic jerseys, 225 bucks a pop if you want them for the holidays on XFL.com. Yeah, you're, well, get them now because you only have a few days until Christmas. But uh, 
the authentic jerseys. Yeah, two twenty-five. I've never bought uh, an official NFL jersey. Jake, I'm sure you have a collection of them. I don't know if that's the accurate price of two hundred twenty-five dollars per. Can you confirm that? Uh, um, I've I only have two official NFL jerseys. Uh, I don't I don't know that actually. Two twenty-five for a real one actually seems a little low. Vince, what do you think? Uh, well, no, or, if, or is, I, that, is that about the going rate? I haven't bought in one I, for a while. I'd say for an authentic jersey, uh, yeah, so, like the good stuff, uh, you, you should expect to pay around 200 bucks, you know, uh, depending on, you know, what sport, you know, some may cost a little bit more, a little less, but, uh, you know, a good jersey, I would say $200, uh, in that range is a, is a good price to pay. And I'm sure these things are you know, I haven't seen one in the flesh, but I'm sure that they are nice. So, uh, you know, two two twenty five seems like uh, a good deal to me. If anybody's looking to get me a, a present for the holidays, Hanukkah, no. Christmas, no. whatever, <laughs> Mister no XFL on a Guardians authentic jersey, I would love that. Mister XFL, you're crowning yourself Mister XFL <laughs> until June Jones uh, takes it from my mantle. Uh, so, yeah, the jersey's up on XFL.com. Uh, super cool to see people tweeting those out, uh, pictures of them in their jerseys. Shout out to Mike Jones with a billion S's on Twitter who tweeted out his coffee mug collection as a, a coffee freak. Uh, seeing those, that looked really cool. And uh, I got to get me some of those. Actually, I'd want those more so than the jerseys, Jake. The coffee mugs are nice. Um, other uh, quick bit of news from the week. Uh, the first ever pick in the XFL from 2001, Vince Scott Milanovic was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there's a whole bunch of movement down there with that team in terms of their staff. Uh, he took a job up in the CFL with coaching the Edmonton Eskimos. He'll be the head coach there, but that's a little XFL tie. I don't know if you remember way back when we did a feature on him on one of the very early episodes. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that X, XFL legends uh, high, highlighted him. Uh, that's a <laughs> interesting uh, path there from Jacksonville all, all the way up to Edmonton. He can't make it. Let's go kick it. Yeah, I mean to be the head coach though, that's a, that's a step up, baby. With in the yeah. CFL, you know me, I'm I'm, I'm going to be watching him coach. There's Scott Milanovic, first ever pick in the original XFL, and then. Here we go at XFL show last week after last week's show. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, apps and fantasy XFL. And we had a, a really interesting question asked Bryant by at UK underscore XFL on Twitter, who said, listening to the pod, you mentioned DraftKings. Would they be the best, most viable option? Seeing as McMahon owns a percentage of them, uh, th- them being DraftKings. Bryant, and that is true. Vince McMahon has a stake in that company. I think that makes sense. And we've talked about it, how you you want another company pretty much to handle your fantasy gaming. And that would make a lot of sense since there's already a familiarity there to me. Uh, if, the, if the partnership is there, I say use it. But at the same time, do I think that's the only reason that DraftKings might be uh, interested in the XFL? Probably not. And I think that I think DraftKings uh, in itself, the, the fantasy aspect. Anytime you get to play some more fantasy football, would probably be the reason why you're invested in in doing this. Yeah, I, to me, DraftKings will not be the only one. Uh, I expect FanDuel to be to be involved. All the major daily fantasy players. Would, would you want to have an exclusive partnership, Vince, or hope, or would you want it to be spread uh, out? Well, you know the. It, 
that would be interesting. Uh, you know, if uh, if one of these sites, I mean, I don't know if you could really stop a site from you know having a fantasy contest with your league. I don't, I'm I'm not sure how that works. Uh, maybe we we'll get somebody from DraftKings on the show to ask them that. Oh, that'll um, be fun. At least, but, or maybe at least when some sort of partnership is announced with whomever the yeah, partner it, ends it, up being. If there is going to be, I mean, I know that uh, you know some of these, uh, you know, uh, sports books as well as you know some of these uh, daily fantasy uh, websites, they you know will purchase information from the leagues in order to you know sharpen up their uh, their you know odds and whatnot um but uh nba has been involved in that kind of stuff um so i could see that kind of thing happening but i don't i, don't, I wouldn't say it's going to be exclusive uh but you know money talks i suppose I, i'm pretty sure you and all the listeners know i, I don't know anything about fantasy so, so you're talking another language to me uh but i want to go back to what vince said like do any other leagues do this where they say you can't do fantasy on our sport on your site I've never I don't heard of think anything you can like that. Do that. Can you do that? Well, I don't, maybe, maybe you can't. I, I, I don't know. No, I mean, I, that, that wouldn't make business sense, right? You want to be a, people with eyeballs on your product on as many platforms, I think, in that, at least in that realm, in the fantasy realm as well, possible. I'll say this, that there are restrictions for whatever reason on college daily fantasy foot, football and fantasy basketball. Uh, I, I, that has to I'm guessing that is something to do with, you know, state legislatures and, uh, you know, schools and th things of that sort. Uh, but in professional ranks, I've never heard of that. Well, good question there from UK XFL on Twitter. And uh, we are waiting with bated breath on a fantasy announcement, just like everybody else. Um, among the other handful of announcements we expect here in the next few weeks uh, before kickoff in February. So appreciate it reaching out there at XFL show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're everywhere. And of course you could call in 724-565-4XFL. If you want to voice your opinion, ask a question, get on the show. We've got the voicemail there open the XFL fan line for you. 24, seven, just dial it up. 724-565-4XFL. Hey, football freaks, it's Alan. I just want to take this time to give a special shout-out to our gentle patrons who contribute to our Patreon page so generously, making it possible for us to do this show and a bunch of bonus content each and every single week, having fun, talking football. If you want maximum XFL coverage, I really encourage you to check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash show. There are multiple different tiers to choose from. You get all sorts of different content based on the tier you subscribe to, and that includes bonus shows, mini-sodes, rankings episodes, early access to the regular show, and a whole lot more. Go to patreon.com slash show to check it out. If you feel like contributing, we welcome it. We love you for it. If not, thanks for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode of This Is The XFL Show. We mentioned them, the two good crisp interviews coming up, June Jones and Winston Craig. We're going to get into a lot of the notes still from Oliver Luck's tour around mini camps that ended this week, but he still gave out some more information regarding uh, rules and, and insight into what the league is going to be like. But before we get to what the commissioner said, before we get to those interviews, we must discuss a literal giant of an announcement uh, of a, well, a release 
out in LA, one everyone was talking about, one Bryant was there witnessing go down firsthand, among other moves, shaking and moving with trades in the XFL out of nowhere. It's time to get to this week's cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. Moves being made, players being dealt, players being cut. It is that time in the schedule, the offseason schedule for the XFL. And there were some trades that happened. But before all that, Bryant, huge, huge move made by L.A. in terms of actual the size of a human being and also, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the hype behind the player going into camp. Unfortunately, though, Sean Oakman cut by the Wildcats um, and it is a thing a thing that everybody's been talking about all week long and you were there witnessing firsthand a very noticeable missing piece to the team when i arrived at minicamp uh for obvious reasons right oakman just not someone you can not notice not being there i guess you could say uh but coach moss was very direct about why he was no longer in practice and basically said that it was in best interest of the team to not have oakman there anymore and i think um that speaks volumes in the sense that the XFL is taking this seriously, and they're not actually just doing this for show, right? Oakman having them, having him be on the team, kind of the same thing with uh, John Manziel or anybody like that. You, you have these players for for notoriety, notoriety purposes, and you know they. But Moss felt like Oakman wasn't going to do the Wildcats any service, so they they let him go. And, and and I guess there's not much more to it, but it's just very interesting that the XFL is taking that approach with. One of the players that they've highlighted uh, since the draft, and wasn't he on the um, on the video for the jersey reveal? He was one of the individuals, <laughs> yep. uh, right? So yeah, that's. I mean, you know, personally, as someone that has not, uh, you know, picked a team or is not ready to wave a flag for anybody specifically, I wanted to see what he mm-hmm. still had. Yeah, that was that's what's shocking to me was that. This was a guy that was being marketed already, and you could see why he's. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, he's the size of an oak tree. He's huge, and and he's he had a, a bunch of charisma on you know on display during that jersey reveal. But also, Vince, this is a player that had a ton, a ton of personal issues in college. Uh, go, you know, trying to get to the pros, and then he winds up getting drafted in the XFL. So he, we knew we had this. Uh, you know, stigma behind the player, and unfortunately, uh, who knows what exactly went down, but it, it must be related to to maybe the the behavior or the uh, that aspect of this of this player's uh, you know history. Because I mean, why would you give up a, a human being that large? Other than uh, it's just too much of a headache. Yeah, a, a checkered past there for sure. Uh, no, no denying that the 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 guy's got some talent. Uh, no, nobody's ever going to dispute that. Um, now we were not, uh, we were not there. Uh, Bryant, he, he was the closest to the situation and, and he's, he didn't hear anything about, uh, you know, it could have been, you know, just trouble in the locker room. It could have been an effort, attitude or effort situation. It could have been, you know, maybe looking more into his past and, you know, maybe, you know, a second chance just isn't in the cards. You know, we, we don't know exactly what it is, but I'm sure there were some good reasons behind it. And yeah, it's it's a blow to the LA Wildcats. Uh, but you know, as far as the league is concerned, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal, even though it was somebody that was marketed. Yeah, and you you don't make that decision without thinking long and hard about it. I'm sure the LA Wildcats oh, sure. did yeah. not want to just let go of a player who can p- potentially be a game changer. Uh, but you know, whatever the issue was, 
Sean Oakman gone from the Wildcats. Uh, Jake, do you think another team should give him a shot? Uh, I would have to say no thank you. Uh, I, I think I'd have to pass on that. I mean, if it didn't work out, if it didn't work out with one team, I don't think it's going to work out with another. Now, of course, well, if, there's a, if there's a coach out there that wants to take on this uh, potential, potential, I, I'm going to call it a challenge. Uh, you know, like I said, we don't we don't know the whole we don't know everything, but you know, certain things uh, can be assumed for uh, a situation like this. You know, somebody trying to continue their football career and it's not working out. So, if another coach wants to, fine for them. But if I was uh, if I was in charge of the team, I think I would uh, pass on it. We'll see what happens with the career of Sean Oakman. Uh, the LA Wildcats move along. They also made some other moves. Cutting Jeremiah Spicer, Bryant, a player that's also been talked about a lot going into this year just because of his story and how a lot of people are rooting for him. Unfortunately, though, didn't make it all the way through minicamp. No, he didn't, and it is a good story. And and I'll read the quote that the Wildcats put out on Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a special case. He deserved the shot. We gave him an opportunity. It was unfortunate we had to release him, but we have to do what's best for the Wildcats. The so same kind of instance with Sean Oakman in the Jeremiah Spicer cases, you know. The Wildcats, and I'm, I'm going to assume all eight teams are doing this. They're looking at what's best, what's in the best interest of the team, regardless of the story or the player or the talent. Uh, they're looking to build a championship team. So, uh, you know, it is a great story, and I'm glad he got the opportunity. And who knows if he'll get another opportunity with another team. Um, but the, the man seems like he never quit. So I'm sure we'll. Ooh, I can almost guarantee it's not the last time we're going to hear this. His name. Uh, we'll just see if it's ever going to be in a Wildcats uniform again. So. In addition to those moves the Wildcats made, they also made some trades. And the first XFL trades are, have officially gone down. And as of anyone listening to this program this week, uh, more might have actually happened. But we've got three here in front of us we can address. The first one, the Wildcats sending Jalen Collins, the cornerback who played football at LSU, to Tampa Bay for a guy they got really early in the draft, Arian Springs, and that that is a pretty uh, kind of blockbuster deal when you consider at least where the where the players were drafted. Uh, Vince, uh, a corner for a corner there in one of the first ever XFL trades. Were you blindsided that we weren't, didn't really expect trades to happen, or at least weren't yeah. they weren't telegraphed? But there they go. Yeah, well, I'm, I wouldn't say I didn't expect trades to happen, but uh, it, it is interesting, I guess. You know, now would be the time, you know, training camp, maybe a little too late, uh, too close to the season, although, you know, it does happen in, in other professional leagues. But here, you know, you you, you only, you know, we had we had the summer showcases uh, that, you know, we were represented at some of them. And, you know, you get a good look at uh, in as many, you know, football type drills and, and kind of a tryout as you can. But uh, and you watch as, as much film as possible. But you don't really have a feel for how these players are going to respond and in your environment until you really have them in your camp. And then you, you make some decisions from there. Uh, so I guess that's kind of what they were saying is, you know, this, this, this guy, these apparently these two gentlemen were not good fits on their particular team. And then a swap was made. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple more of these kind of deals happen before training camp kicks off uh, on January 4th. It's always interesting when you have the same position traded for the same position, just straight up one for one. 
because normally you you know you're either too heavy in the cornerback and you go for alignment or vice versa something like that. When you go you know cornerback for cornerback, there there must be a certain skill set available for each one of those cornerbacks that you're looking for that wasn't available in the one you traded away. Or maybe it's a familiarity issue too. Maybe these coaches saw a player out there on another team and said, I want that guy. Maybe we can make the move when the time's right. And there you have it. Another one LA made was a defensive tackle for a defensive tackle. Trayvon Sanders, who played at Troy, was sent to Tampa Bay. Again, Vipers and Wildcats doing business with each other, Jake. And the Wildcats got Leon Orr, who played at Florida. What do you think about two teams establishing that kind of relationship this early? Uh, I I think it's wishful thinking. I, I mean, do you think there's a there's a larger plan? <laughs> I don't think there's a larger plan, but I, mean, well, see, I don't either. You see this often. There, I mean, all across leagues, teams are like familiar I mean, you, with each you, other's you, front offices, and they're friendly with each other, making these kind of moves when when they need you, to. You start in teams that you know that always play each other in the preseason, but I don't think they're that buddy buddy. Well, it's it's kind of like well, it's not quite like this, but I, I think what Alan's trying to say is kind of like in the NFL, you got the Steelers and Cardinals. The Steelers say, "Hey, we're not going to re-sign this guy," and the Cardinals say, "Okay, we'll sign." That's <laughs> and, kind of what happens. And, and in exchange, <laughs> we will fill up your stadium with our fans whenever we play there. Or, <laughs> I, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll buy your tickets. I don't know, Brian. You follow you follow the Dodgers. We follow the the Pirates in baseball. This is all uh, this is a regular occurrence. Like there are teams that do business with other teams more often than they do it with anyone else across the league. Like the Pirates and give like all their players to the Yankees and Red Sox. It seems all the time. Uh, I don't know if you notice that with your team, but that's that happens in baseball for sure. Oh, it does. And you also see teams not do business with each other just based on location, right? The Dodgers and the Angels never trade players. The Mets and the Yankees and the, the Rangers and the Islanders. Uh, the Jets and the Giants, I think, completed their first trade in like 12 years or something like that this past uh, summer. So uh, I could see it happening. I don't know if that's actually happening in the XFL right this moment, Alan, as, like, as you're saying, but it could happen. I mean, teams build relationships. They only play each other once a year anyway. So notice that know. they're notice that they are. Yeah. Cross countries, different divisions. Just saying. And the third uh, trade we have here in front of us for, for the first few trades in the XFL ever. Dallas sends a defensive end. Marcus Jones played at Angelo State to St. Louis for the Battlehawks wide receiver. Keith Mumphrey, who played at Michigan State. And there is a case where. Uh, teams in again different divisions making a trade trading within divisions you don't you don't see that too often uh but you know trading you know out of divisions all the time certainly uh you don't feel like you're going to get as burned if if you're on the wrong side of the trade i guess uh is how teams probably feel um but i like i said i expect to see a lot more of these trades uh as, as these mini camps come to a close yeah and more might have actually like i said uh, have happened uh, since we recorded this episode live on tape uh but those are the three that we have in front of us as of our recording this week and uh, we of course will be keeping an eye on those with uh, transactions in the XFL coming fast and furious uh, you know, Adam Schefter's getting getting into the XFL game now, tweeting about trades now, Jake. <laughs> and that brings, I think, some legitimacy, at least in terms of the coverage. It, it makes it really noticeable to fans out there. People are getting interested because of it. 
Yeah, definitely. The big names, just like the big networks, uh, the big broadcast partners and the announcers. Uh, I want to go back to, uh, you know, we're talking about teams that don't like to do business with each other. Uh, Alan, do you think that, you know, if the Angels and the Dodgers want to uh, work out a deal, is the only person that could negotiate that would be David Hasselhoff? Oh, yeah. To get to get those two people, those two entities. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a precedent. There is. And I think that might be the only way you're getting that. Although, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. I could actually, that might be a sneaky World Series pick. But this isn't a baseball show, Jake. And I know Bryant wants to talk all about the Dodgers. But we need to move on because mini camps broke. They're gone. They've they've come and, and they've gone and they're over with. And now we're into the holidays. And then it's training camp. And super interesting coming out of these mini camps because all the coaches gave quotes to local media. They're all over XFL.com, too, if you want to check those out. A lot of positivity out of these camps. Like we said, we just went over some moves being made. But I think it's fascinating reading between the lines on some of these quotes and maybe trying to pull something out of them here. Vince, like Jonathan Hayes in St. Louis coming out of his mini camp said he's super excited for his quarterbacks and was honest saying Jordan Tamu needs to slow down a gear uh, a little bit and, and, you know, get some experience. Whereas his other quarterback, Brogan Roback, he said is emotional at times. I think that's pretty candid for a coach coming out of a mini camp. What do you think reading between the lines that means about the St. Louis quarterbacks? Uh, <laughs> that they haven't quite made up their mind yet, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised about Tamu. Uh, you know, a young kid uh, that, you know, was able to put up some big numbers at times at Ole Miss, especially with some some uh, some nasty wide receivers on his team. Uh, so I, I'm not surprised, you know, there's going to be a learning curve there uh, and you know, maybe looking towards a veteran, maybe to maybe stabilize some things. It's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. And then over down, down in Tampa, Jerry Glanville. A legendary coach. I mean, in his 70s, a coach who literally has seen it all is hyping up his defense, unlike any coach I was reading about. And I read I read everything I could this week coming out of these mini camps. And this guy had the most interesting quote saying, quote, I have a lot of football. I've had a lot of football teams. These players are not normal. We're very fortunate defensively. We're going to run better than anybody you've seen run. Jerry Glanville confident in the speed of his team. You know, you know, I, I talk a lot about on this show about uh, about Bob Stoops and how I still can't believe that he's in this league. But Jerry Glanville isn't too far behind. I cannot, I, I just cannot believe that you know he's coaching in this league. Uh, and this guy, you know, a tremendous coach. Uh, tons of experience. Uh, this guy knows football for sure. Um, th these are some bold words he's talking. And this guy's a great talker, too. Uh, make no mistake about that. This guy could talk, and, and he could, he's a hell of a coach as well. Uh, it, talking about defenses uh, uh, in this league and how much defense is going to be played, it sounds like Tampa Bay is going to be bringing it, and I can't wait to see this defense in action. And it sounds like they're really going to be flying all over the field, these guys. Good pursuit. Well, yeah, the good pursuit. But can they tackle? He didn't mention anything about tackling. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad your defense can run, but they got to make he a tackle. He just said his players are not human. <laughs> not normal. Let's not put words in his mouth there, Jake. He said not normal. These players aren't normal, right? They're, they're, 
they're they're very different athletes than we're used to. But uh, look, it's it, getting some positive feedback from all these coaches and some honest feedback is something that I'm very excited for. I, Alan, I, I know you were talking about uh, the quarterbacks in, in St. Louis, and I, I wanted to say something, but I had to just stop and kind of think about what we're actually talking about compared to what we were talking about, you know, six months ago in terms of the XFL. So much to get into with these players. These are just two camps that we're really discussing, three if you count LA, uh, but getting all these coaches' quotes and, and trying to dissect what they're talking about, man, this is the excitement. This is what I can't wait for. I can't believe we're only seven weeks to, to kick off. Yeah, and coming out of these mini camps, I you have to wonder what it's like in each city in terms of coming out of it. What are these coaches, uh, what is their real feelings about their like depth charts, right? Like how much yep. depth charting was actually done during mini camp or is that all going down in in training camp like i don't i mean other than quarterback i would if i'm a head coach i'm i'm not settling on anything until we get down to houston Ooh, no you got to be putting something together now that you can't you have to know you know like observing the wildcats mini mini camp you can see that there was first teams and second teams already well i'm gonna have yeah an idea of who's gonna go out and practice and Gonna, I'm going to be rotating into first and second team units, but I'm giving, I'm going equal for everybody. I need to get as much of a look at everybody as possible in this team building uh, portion of the preseason. Well, you got to do that, but you got to give everybody a shot. You got to find out what you have, but at the same time, you got to have a plan and you got to have a plan for what your first team is. Alan, you were an offensive lineman. You know how important that is to settle on your top five guys and, and, uh, really jail as a unit you, you think they're gonna just pull names out of a hat and the first five guys are gonna uh, <laughs> be the first team no but and i'm that, just saying you can't you cannot possibly know who your best five are coming out of mini camp there wasn't even any hitting going on training all right, all right well, that's, have, that's true gonna, uh, the water boy is going to select from this hat and this, this individual is going to see your nose. They're going to roll think, dice and whatever number comes up, you just get into position. I, th- I Look, think from what I'm hearing an idea. I yeah. Well, from what I'm hearing and I, we can't really confirm all these, but the way um, camp's going to go down training camp down in Houston, things are going to be moving fast. Things are going to be very competitive down there. So I don't know if you really have that much time, Alan, I know you have three weeks down there, but I don't think you're going to have that much time to really decipher who, uh, are your best players mini camp you need to start having that plan already mini camp you get your idea and that's what coming out of mini camp is where you say okay i know going into training camp this is who i want to see first but i'm not settling on oh week one these are my guys you can't possibly do that coming out of mini camp that, when the competition heats up in houston january 4th well it it, it definitely is going to heat up january 4th, january 4th i promise you that you have a depth chart and you see who moves up and down on it once once the the training camp starts. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think everybody has I think everybody has a secret list going on. You know that only certain individuals get to. You know if you're in the inner circle, uh, you know who's on the list. That's probably what's going on. These coaches are gonna. I would keep it very tight lipped. Uh, even my players who. Uh, I, I'm liking the most. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say who stood out at minicamp publicly too much because you want these guys competing in Houston, and you want to get an equal look. I think at everybody. So yeah, you start depth charting, but you don't. You don't put anything in pen. It's all pencil right now, baby, because you've got only seven weeks to figure out who your best players are for for February eighth and 9th. 
I'll, and I'll finish off on this. The, the, we do know this, though. The Dallas Renegades, with their list, it's going to be 100% accurate, uh, whatever it is that they put on their list now. It will be exactly as they wanted it back before minicamp, and uh, it was there all along. Yeah, just like the draft. They got everybody they wanted on their board, 100%. Uh, another piece coming out from a coach this week coming out of minicamp. Kevin Gilbride was on legendary sports talk radio station WFAN in New York City, and he was talking about the speed of the game and the relationship of the coaches with Vince McMahon. Really interesting to uh, hear him say this. And he said, this is, I mean, just putting this out there, the rule book isn't out just yet, but talking about if you kick the ball, out of bounds, the ball comes to the 35-yard line, which we've talked about a little bit uh, on the show. But he said if you kick the opening kick out of bounds, it actually goes to the opponent's 45-yard line. They want returns. That's from Kevin Gilbride on WFAN, Vince. So that opening kickoff, when you've got crazy train playing and everybody's going nuts for the beginning of a game, if it goes out of bounds, the game's starting on the 45. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a huge penalty. Um, yeah, you, you better yeah, kick it towards that end zone. And that's Kevin Gilbride kind of giving us a little sneak peek at the rule book, Jake, that we're going to hopefully see here pretty soon. Yeah, uh, you know, we're we're desperately uh, awaiting the rule book. It, it's really one, it may be the last piece, you know, the last piece of the puzzle that we need here. So the last piece of the puzzle before we know what team you're going to be rooting for? Sure. <laughs> Alan, what That's percentage the last of the piece rules of your puzzle, at least? <laughs> what percentage of the rules do you guys think is going to be focused on uh, in terms of changes uh, in the kicking game, punting and, and kicking? You mean like, okay, so official it seems like a change. very highlighted focus of the rule changes, right? Like, all the kicking, rules. like the portion of the XFL rule book that looks most different compared different. to say the NFL uh, rule book. You're saying, uh, yeah, yes. it has, it's, it has uh, to be. I'm, I'm going to say the kicking game because there will be a number of little. Uh, rules I think that are changed there that we've already heard about compared to this the clock and you know little tweaks like that and the one we're going to get into here in terms of communication um, I think you're right the, the kicking game seems to be where most of the changes have been made well it probably will be and I think it also I mean you know if you just look at offense and defense there, there's so many rules on both sides uh, kicking game you know there's far fewer uh, rules so just by percentage yeah I think that's going to look the 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 most different mini camps are over with the coaches have spoken and now they will go into uh, a week off and enjoy hopefully uh, their holidays before they all convene on houston h-town will be home to the xfl training camp all eight teams will be there and uh, we cannot wait for it but uh, much a very well deserved uh, break here coming up with the holidays a uh, little bonus cover too here. Some extra notes uh, I want to get in here. Um, Vices, who is a helmet partner for the XFL, among I believe two or three partners, uh, apparently will not have their rumor to not have their order ready for the XFL in time for training camp. Uh, they're a Seattle-based uh, company, and it's a, a technical or technology-enhanced uh, helmet, uh, the Vices brand, and apparently. Uh, they're having issues as a business, so there could be uh, an issue is what the rumor was. Uh, official XFL statement made after reports about that. 
from places like Fox Business, Yahoo Finance. Uh, the quote is, this is not an issue for the XFL. All our players are properly helmeted at our mini camps currently taking place across the U.S. So it is just one uh, helmet provider of many, and the XFL will have helmets, Jake. Yes, they will have helmets. I don't see uh, any possible way where this is going to be a problem come kickoff. I, well, I that just, was my initial reaction too. It was like, if I'm not mistaken, all the players have helmets as we speak right it, now in minicamp. So it was <laughs> very interesting when I saw that come up that people were not panicking, but creating an issue. I mean, there's plenty of helmet makers out there. I'm sure the XFL would have wrote a check somewhere else and, and to get all those helmets. Yeah, and, and to be it. fair, Brian, if this was uh, something that came up on the AAF, we would have been ripping them big time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I've never ripped the AAF. I don't know what oh, you're talking okay. about. Yep, just one of a few helmet makers. No big issue, but something people were talking about this week. One other cool thing I read this week: John Aurand, who runs the the Sports Business Journal uh, 2020 Predictions column this week. Uh, really, a bunch of crazy sports business predictions he's making for the upcoming year events, uh, and the XFL portion of this was awesome. He said the ratings are going to be big enough, and he's confident that they'll have a third season, not just two, but three seasons at least. And he thinks that the debut broadcast will exceed two million viewers on ABC and Fox. Wow, I, that seems like a low prediction to me. Yeah, uh, me I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be uh. We'll be talking about this as uh, we get closer to the start of the season. And then he's also predicting that S uh, FS1 and ESPN broadcasts are going to average 800,000 viewers. That also seems a little low uh, to me. Um, I, if, it, if these are now be interesting to know, you know, what numbers ESPN and Fox would be happy with. Um, but you know, this seems low and very achievable, in my opinion. I definitely think it's achievable, considering what we saw the AAF do as well. And just just thinking about the the marketing campaign that's to come, it has pretty much already started, at least on social media and here and there on ESPN. Fox, I'm sure, is going to pick theirs up as well, Jake. I mean, those could be low estimates, but either way, good stuff coming in the future, according to the Sports Business Journal for the XFL ratings-wise. Yeah, I don't see any scenario uh, where they are not going to hit whatever their bottom line is in this. I, you know, I'm with Vincent Bryant, at least, uh, who are saying we, ex we expect a little more, but we will have to see. Real quick, just 2.9 for AAF on their debut on CBS. 2.9. And they and all the, viewers and all they were getting were like kind of like really tiny little graphics during the NFL games late in the season, right? On CBS, that that was all the marketing they were getting. You're already seeing Diana Rossini and Pat McAfee promoting it for ESPN and Colin Cowherd. Yeah, the Super Bowl coming up on Fox. They're going to be doing some. Oh. You know, there's going to be some ads during the during the Super Bowl. I can't sure wait. Two point two million. Is, is nothing we might have to do a, a super bowl week we might have to do a special bonus show just on where's oliver luck and what he's doing around i mean i can only imagine his schedule that week doing radio row and doing all kind of promotion for for kickoff the following week that's going to be fun to follow the commissioner around and follow everything with the league that big week for the football world last piece here bonus bonus cover too uh oliver luck was talking about uh bob stoops while he was at uh, D 
Dallas for the mini camp, talking to Joseph Hoyt from the Dallas Morning News. And uh, really interesting here, Vince. Luck actually swung and missed at first trying to get Bob Stoops to join the XFL. He admitted, but credits Dana Holderson for giving him the tip that Bob Stoops wants to get back into the game. So Oliver Luck said he tried again and was able to land Bob Stoops as the Dallas Renegades head coach. Uh, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted that Dana Holgerson had something to do with this. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Good friends with Oliver Luck. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. All right. So you're going to tell me, I'm, I know we're pit people. But you're not at least going to go out and say thank you, Dana Holgerson, for for giving that tip to Oliver Luck, so we get Bob Stoops in the XFL. You got it. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, thank you, Mr. He, I still he think can't he wants say to thank you for something on the sideline. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He can't say thank you for something he does not believe in. <laughs> He's got to wait seven weeks. Well, I know Dana Holgerson coached WVU Vince. He's no longer there, and that's a really cool story the background Oliver Luck gave into how he landed Bob Stoops who some people including Vince still can't believe is coaching in the XFL but he's we've talked to him Brian I've I've seen him he's been in front of you and I talking about the XFL and how he's he was drafting draft week so yeah. we look forward to getting him on the show in the very near future again but this week we have his rival head coach Brian across the way down there in Texas yeah, Alan, we spoke to June Jones. You and I had the pleasure of actually speaking to him and talking about some strategy. We even get into the natural rival that is Dallas versus Houston in the in what I'm calling the uh, TM uh, TexFL showdown. I could say TM, right? That means trademark. Yeah. Is that, is that how it works? Or a C with a know. circle okay. on it, I think, works too. I don't know. Yeah, C with a circle, TexFL showdown uh, between the Houston Roughnecks and the Dallas Renegades. But we get into a lot of, of good details, especially his quarterback battle down there as well. Uh, so it, it was a good interview, and I'm pretty sure that Vince is probably already thinking about how he can strate- strategically use this interview against Ju Jones and give some sort of advantage to the Dallas Renegades. Uh, well, I, I am a big June Jones fan, so I'm not going to say that. I think after <laughs> this, Vince might flip allegiance to the Houston Roughnecks because June Jones was a good, crisp interview and also gives us crazy awesome insight into what he expects and the coaches are feeling going into the xfl here if you're ready it's time to run and shoot with june jones this week on our good crisp interview good crisp football it is now time for another good crisp interview for this week's show and we have none other than gm and head coach of the houston roughnecks june jones with us Mini camp underway too down in Houston where training camp's going to be. Uh, we're excited that we get the training camp here. We don't have to move, <laughs> so we're we're uh, we're in our facilities. Everybody else is coming to us, and you know it's going to be a good uh, a good look at what we're about to uh, you know engage in. We're going to see every team uh, kind of go against them, almost like preseason games. So I think it's going to be a real positive thing. Well, coach, right now we're in the middle of mini camp. So, you know, tell me what what was what's the main goal or or, or the mission for mini camp right now? Well, for us, it's just uh, uh, to start coming together as a team and building those uh, the the chemistry amongst the guys. We've got our base uh, offensive schemes, been able to get those in, and and same thing on defense uh, to see 
you know, of the 70 who we think can make the team, who we who can play the game at a at a high level, and and we've been able to do that. And coach, you're you got all your players there. You're implementing your system, and also, of course, looking who's going to make this team uh, come February. And you know, these days, as fans and you as coaches, you get to watch a lot more football than you used to. And Oliver Luck has said that seeing all these athletes, they're just better conditioned these days. And that gives us a bigger talent, and that's why we have the XFL. How noticeable is that to you now that you're in mini camp, seeing those guys run around out there? Well, it's very, very noticeable. It, it's also, uh, you know, I I believe that that most of these guys are going to end up getting another shot uh, May first when we're done, because uh, their resumes are going to be on film for the NFL. And there's a lot of talented players. There's a lot of guys. Uh, that can play that just weren't in the right place at the right time when they were on NFL teams. So I think it's a it's a great opportunity, and I think this is the level of talent so far. To me, is uh, is 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 very competitive, and and a lot of I would say it wouldn't surprise me if 30 or so of our players sign NFL contracts after after uh, we're done. Well, Coach, you mentioned 30 players. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of your two quarterbacks. You surprised everybody taking a quarterback in the first round of that Phase 1 uh, draft just moments after it was announced that you would have Philip Walker as your assigned QB. Can you talk a little bit about the battle and, and the competition going on between them? Well, both kids are really good kids, and both are you know learning the system, and we're going to evaluate them. Obviously, you know, evaluate, you know some quarterbacks get better in games and some of them get worse, so you know, we're, we're hoping we got two guys that uh, can can play for us. We're also going to add maybe two more guys here shortly, and I think those guys are, are very competitive too. So, um, you know, you can't play without a quarterback, and that's why we took. You know, you have not only do you have to have one, you really need three, and so we're we're uh, that's why we took uh, Connor uh, so high. He's played in the NFL. He's been on the NFL, and so is DJ. So we got two guys that have done it before. Coach, in in that draft, you took no tight ends, or at least you know formal tight ends. Is is the goal for the Houston Roughnecks just to run, shoot, and be the fastest offense in the XFL? Then, well, we're gonna obviously be a lot of four wides, but we'll play we'll play with tight ends too. But I'll just use extra linemen for for that <laughs> tight end spot and. Uh, you know, that's what I've done in the past yep. uh, in Hawaii at SMU and also in Canada. So it's worked out, and I, I know how to manage that. Yep, we know, we know that for sure with the run and shoot, Coach. And we're we're on the show, at least. We're going to be counting how often you go with an empty set in the backfield as well. We know you're going to have a really fun offense uh, come, come February. Yeah, Coach. I mean, how much more uh, creativity and fluidity in the play calling can there be knowing that you, 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 you're just not going to have the quarterback – with the headset, but all the uh, offensive skilled positions. Yeah, well, definitely with them speeding up. Uh, the I think if any coach is not coached in Canada, which I think Mark Tressman and I are probably the only two that have, we only had 20 seconds up there. And uh, uh, basically the, the way they're going to spot the ball, and, and even though it's a 25-second clock, they spotted it right away in Canada. They're going to kind of hold it seven seconds or so. So it's really going to be close to 32 seconds. So I'm not really worried about that part of it, but I do think those headsets are going to really help our receivers because we run so much. We run vertical down the field. They'll be able to walk back, and they can still hear the huddle. 
call and they just take their uh, formation once they they hear the play call. So um, I think it's going to help us from from that standpoint. And I think uh, the rest of the, the league, except Mark and I, probably will be finding out what the difference is of moving that thing to where it's 25 seconds. Yeah, that's going to be really fun to watch the, uh, you know, how innovative you can get in the XFL. And we've talked a lot about that on the road to 2020, Coach. But defensively, it's also an interesting task for you as coaches. Your defensive coordinator, Ted Cottrell, has been involved with some insanely good defenses through his long, illustrious career. How does the increased speed of the game affect how you and he approach preparing your defense? Well, it's going to affect because, you, you know, it's almost going to be like a two-minute drill every every uh, you know every quarter, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, you know people playing that tempo game too. We're tempo, but we're not probably you know as tempo as some of the other teams. Uh, Teddy, uh, the defensive guys always have to be ready for that, and and he's uh, well aware uh, of that fast-paced game that that Vince wants. And uh, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of different things. We'll see a lot of special plays, a lot of double passes, a lot of those kinds of things that the fans all love to see. Yeah, we're excited for those double forward passes for sure. I've been interested, though, because, you know, we're talking about your experience as a, as a coach. And early on, you know, you were in the USFL. How's this process with the XFL compared to uh, the, your tenure there in that league back in the 80s? Well, as far as uh, the coaching part of it, it's, it's very, very similar. But this uh, is way more. Uh, Vince is really committed to uh, uh, this. Is uh, you know we got you know we had to scramble where we were going to eat. We didn't know you know what hotels we're staying in. This is very well planned, more like an NFL franchise. In fact, I'd say the way we're operating and, and even the NFL guys on our staff. The way we're treating the players, the way we're, we're doing things is, is top level, just like the National Football League does. So Vince has made that commitment to make this a credible league. For the Houston Gamblers, we had a lot of fun, but uh, we didn't have the money to spend uh, uh, in that league to, to do it right. Coach, your season kicks off week one in Houston at TDCU Stadium against the Wildcats, but... There's a lot of chatter out there about the natural in-state rival that you're going to have with the Dallas Renegades. I'm calling it the Tex-FL showdown. Uh, is there going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, muster a little bit more juice when you play against those Dallas Renegades? I think there always is. It's a natural rivalry. and I think the fans will, will certainly be that way, and I think it'll trickle down to all the players, although we have a lot of Texas players on our team. Uh, and, they, and, and if you've ever lived in Texas, you know, that rivalry is uh, one of a kind. <clears throat> March 1st, I can't wait. And then again in April, Coach, those are going to be two big games for you against your natural rival. Uh, but you might get a you know a, a taste of that in training camp because everyone's coming to your backyard. You talked about how cool that is. You don't have to go very far. And do you anticipate that being a really competitive atmosphere since that's essentially the league's preseason? Well, I, I kind of think it, it is. And... and you know, I think at the same time, we as coaches got to be very uh, careful on uh, because you, you you don't want to have the injuries. So we got to know how to practice, even though going against a different team, you got you got to kind of uh, you know uh, help each other out there. Uh, we're going to practice against each other, and so it's it it is uh, one uh, day going to be like a preseason game. The rest of us 
you know, how Cleveland goes to, you know, practice against Pittsburgh or whatever. It's going to be more of that type of practice until the, until the actual preseason game. Well, that's going to be a fiesta in your backyard in Houston in January, Coach. Have fun with that. Have fun with the coming season. And just have fun because we've always – I've had, my whole life as a football fan, I've pretty much known about your offenses. They've been some of the most fun offenses, and I'm so happy you're coaching in the XFL. And good luck with everything with the Houston Roughnecks. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Feel free to call me anytime. Hey, football freaks, it's Alan. Just want to take the time here to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you're thinking of doing a podcast, there is a way for you to do a show without having to become an audio editing master, a production whiz kid. You can just go to prettyeasypodcasts.com and get your own personal producer at a very, very low cost. That'll be someone who can guide you, assist you, help you out with whatever you need to get your podcast off the ground. If you have an idea or a topic you want to talk about on a weekly basis, a daily basis, it doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. Get started today. Take some of the hassle of starting a podcast off your shoulders and let the audio professionals at Pretty Easy Podcasts help you out. Pretty Easy Podcasts is where podcasters go to get their shows recorded and posted with a complete podcast studio at their disposal. Record from home or your office or anywhere, really. Pretty Easy Podcasts caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com, sign up today, be heard, have some fun podcasting, and don't let a lack of technical knowledge hold you back. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com today. Aloha, June Jones, giving us the word from Houston Minicamp. The run and shoot has cometh to the XFL, and I just can't wait to see some linemen playing tight end in his system. I don't think you realize how to use Aloha yet still. I think it's Mahalo for thank you. But yes, Viz, <laughs> what do you think about June Jones taking linemen instead of actual tight ends for his, uh, for his formations there? Smart, smart. Uh, you know, why use a tight end when, if they're going to block, you might as well just use a lineman. And if, you know, if, uh, if you're going to run a route, why not just use a receiver? Really throws them off their game. <laughs> they're looking for something else and they're getting this and i like the insight he gave us there about the the communication aspect of the game we're going to get into that in the hot read a little bit later but june jones talking about how all of his receivers are going to be uh, here to make calls so the speed of the game is going to be a factor and this is a an offense that it's not run up to the ball every single time and snap it it's it's just a lot of you know spreading out and observing what the defense gives you and, and adjusting your routes, but uh, adding the speed factor that way to it might make it even more lethal than ever, Vince, this run and shoot. Yeah, and especially, you know, with the headsets uh, that he talked about there, you know, just, you know, guys getting back to the to the line of scrimmage and, and changing routes and, and you know, things like that. I mean, it, it could be lethal. Yeah, like before, a player maybe would have had to go to the sideline and look at uh, you know pictures for uh, of shots from the top of the booth at what the defense was giving them. But now that kind of information is going to be coming in quicker than ever, and the, and it's going to be communicated back to players quicker than ever. We'll see what June Jones could do. Like we've been saying, this it kind of feels like it's almost made for a coach like him. And yeah, it, I, 
And, and I'm telling you, Vince, I will not be surprised if he ends up being Mr. XFL because he yeah. he's got he's got the the personality and also the mind for what this league wants for sure. I've I've been saying that for for a long time, and you know, uh, when we first heard about these headsets and, and the helmets for skill position players, I was a little skeptical, but uh, right now I'm thinking that that is going to make this game good and crisp. Good crisp football. Yeah. And then, of course, that quarterback issue uh, that we're going to have to really focus on once we get to training camp in Houston, Bryant. But we need to move on to the Dallas Renegades now, uh, where we we were able to land one of their players this week. I got to speak with Winston Craig, who's a defensive end for the Renegades, and uh, he went through the AAF. Unfortunately, that league folded, but here he is, a guy with another opportunity. We've talked to a few players like this, Bryant, but Winston Craig from the Dallas Renegades, a guy who stood out enough to get a shot at some NFL camps after the AAF folded, lands into the XFL with the Dallas Renegades. I mean, when you're a player, you saw all those players at, at minicamp in L.A., what you're going to hear my interview with Winston Craig. He's hype, man. I have to imagine the guys you saw in L.A. too were just super excited to just be on a football field. Well, the the, the players and the coaches, right? Everybody's excited to get back. This is kind of what everyone was waiting for is these moments. And you're right. Craig was able uh, to take what he did in the AAF and, and kind of create a resume for himself. Now he's going to be in the XFL, going to be a huge part of these Dallas Renegades. Uh, so I'm sure, Alan, uh, after this conversation, you'll you'll hear about all his journey uh, to get to this point, kind of what we've seen with all the other players. So thank you, Winston Craig, for you know spending the time uh, to, to talk a little bit more and what to expect, obviously, from the Dallas Renegades. Yeah, and you're going to also hear from Winston Craig here a little bit about what went down at minicamp for the Dallas Renegades, uh, in particular what he did with his teammates and, and what Bob Stoops was telling the team throughout mini camp here it is another good crisp interview with winston craig defensive end of the dallas renegades good crisp football winston craig dallas renegades defensive end mini camp just finishing up how intense and competitive did mini camp actually get there in dallas definitely competed definitely got the work in um but in a smart way uh so i definitely i think we learned a lot got to the playbook a lot um and it just kind of gave us a chance to grab all the concepts of everything. So that way when we come back in uh, training camp, we can hit the ground running. And what's the atmosphere like among your fellow Renegades? Is everyone hyped for kickoff? Are they focused? Are they still kind of curious about what's to come? What's the feel amongst the players there? I think it's good. I think Coach Stoops did a good job. I think everybody kind of bought in to um, what he believes in. And uh I think everything's been going good. You know, we've only been out here for about two weeks or so, and I feel like the guys are already coming together, um, you know, forming a good team, you know, on the field, off, off the field, you know, guys hanging out, studying together. So I think, it's, I think it's a good atmosphere. I think it'll be some fun football to come. And what was the, the message? What has the message been from Bob Stoops as you guys kind of convened and, and had your first team activities there in Dallas? What was the message from your head coach? Just be a pro, um, you know, just and that you got to take that in every aspect, you know, waking up early, eating right, uh, taking care of your body the right way, you know, coming up, showing up to practice on time and, and doing everything, you know, in a pro in a pro like manner. And uh, I think guys definitely responded to that. And that's exactly what it looked like. You know, we were very organized, um, flying around. Uh, like I said, we didn't have pads on, so we weren't hitting, hitting full speed, but everything else was full speed. And uh, I think I think just. That, you know, pro attitude is just the way to go. 
Yeah, man, and it's cool that you know a lot of a lot of you guys are going to get the chance to you know be professionals for longer than just you know a preseason. This a lot a lot of the players in this league have been on NFL uh, training camps uh, on you know or practice squads, but they haven't gotten to go through an entire season. So that has to be really exciting for you, knowing that you're going to be going to the XFL, you know, and preparing for a, a whole ten week season. Oh yeah, it's exciting, you know, to to play, you know, practice is is great and all you know you you got to practice and i still enjoy practice and everything but you know playing the games during the season that's that's the real fun part and that's what we that's what you work for in practice mm-hmm. to do so uh, i think like i said like you said i'm um, just just very exciting and everybody you know people are just out of college it's their first time people like you said have been in practice squad roles played games um, so i think i think just everybody's excited to get get into the season and get things going now you in particular you were a part of the aaf uh, last year, how's your experience in the XFL compared to that experience so far? Um, I think the concepts are, are very similar. Um, you know, obviously the XFL uh, tried to run before, so I think they they got things under control and uh, everything's just been just been run very smoothly here. Um, and I, I I think they have a great program in place that that'll be here for a while, and you know, just trusting trusting what they're telling us. Do you expect the competition level in the XFL to be at or at the level or higher than what you were experiencing in the AAF? Uh, I treat I treat all my all my opponents the same, um, you know. So I guess I guess to answer that question, I think the talent wherever you're playing is, is good, and I look at everybody like it's the best player at stadium, and uh, go take care of my business from there. Got to respect your opponents. Absolutely, you're right, man. Um, and I and I know you learned a lot about that because you were at Steeler camp, and I mean, you know, playing for Mike Tomlin, that's a a no BS head coach. Uh, what was your mentality like though after camp in Pittsburgh? Did you have your eye on the XFL? What where were you at at that moment in your career? Um, I had heard about it, and some people had reached out about it, um, so I was definitely thinking thinking about it. Um, and just waiting, waiting to hear a call from the NFL. You know, things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. Um, so I came, I came here, and just excited to be here. And definitely gonna take some, take a full advantage of the opportunity. And this is something that's I've been thinking about because it's really odd, you know, because it is the the first edition of a team, so everything's brand new, and that includes the leadership. Uh, and you were a leader and a captain at Richmond back in college. What is it like? when you're a player and you're all new to the team because it's the first year of its existence, what's it like when guys are kind of, I guess, are guys like stepping up trying to be more vocal or assuming leadership roles? How does that all work when it's a brand new team? Uh, I think that just kind of happens naturally. You know, uh, I think now, you know, in college people are still figuring out who they are as a person. I think now, you know, everybody's grown. And uh, so when guys want to say something, they're going to talk. Uh, and you know, I feel like it's not really much of a leadership role per se. I think everybody's a leader on the field, and uh, kind of just talk talk with your play. That's the biggest thing. That's what people are going to follow is the is the play, people that that play well. Um, so just talk with your play, and uh, if something needs to be said, I think people will say. And and how was it there? Because I mean, you guys are getting to know each other for the first time. You're going to go through a, a whole season like family uh, coming up here soon what kind of team building exercise off off the practice field did you guys do did you guys go bowling or out to the bars or anything what was it like at minicamp getting to know your teammates 
Um, well, we're just at the hotel for the most part in that practice, so we're always hanging out uh, pretty much the entire day until we until we uh, head off to our rooms and go to sleep and everything. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the other thing, football is a small world, so you, a lot of these guys already know each other um, from different places, uh, from maybe from the NFL, from college, the AAF. Um, so a lot of these people already know guys. That, that kind of helps the connection. And then um, after that, just, just eating with people uh, and meetings, you know, sitting in different seats, it just kind of – it just kind of all happens over time, just a couple of days, and things things kind of were easy from there. Well, man, it's it's got to be really cool getting to know all these guys who are as hungry to play football as you are, getting to play for Bob Stoops, a legend, breaking from mini camp, going into the holidays, knowing that you have training camp coming up in Houston. I mean, this is this has got to be the most wonderful time of the year for you for sure, right? I mean, this is pretty special. The end of this 2019, going into February 2020 for you. Oh, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, get get to play ball. Uh, holiday seasons are around. Get to be around family and everybody. Um, and then you get to come right back and put the pads on and play for real. So I think it's a I think it's a great great schedule. Um, you know, have the mini camp. We get a little time off. Get your body healthy and everything, and then come back full stride. Hit the ground running. Thanks to everyone at the Renegades and Winston Craig himself for. Uh, helping us set up that interview, another solid, solid player discussion among a, a handful we've had here lately on the show. Uh, but I have to imagine they, they were kind of laying low at minicamp there, he said, just hanging out at the hotel. But come come Houston, uh, Vince, I, I'm, I'm hoping for some co- like cool running scenes where these guys are going out to the bars and maybe letting loose a little bit, uh, you know, building up the camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, we may see some of that with uh, you know, with all all the the teams in one town. Uh it, it's 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 an interesting dynamic. We haven't seen anything like it. Uh I think it's an excellent idea. We you could go back into the archives and get our initial thoughts on that. Uh I I I love it. Um I can't wait to see uh these teams really get after it on January 4th. And, J- and Jake, real quick, what do you think about Winston Craig saying that when I asked him about the you know, people stepping up as leaders on a team where there are, there's no set leadership yet because it is all brand new. And he said everyone's vocal, everyone speaks their mind, everyone's a leader, and, and it just naturally becomes a thing where maybe one one or two people stand out as the leader. Um, what do you think about that? How do you think that process is going on across the league where captains and leadership is is kind of rising up through the depth charts? I, I'm sure you've got some clubs where uh, certain individuals want to be the leader. And, and, you know, from at least my personal experience and some others I've heard, uh, if you keep referring yourself to, to the leader or, or a locker room leader, uh, you're probably not. <laughs> I, I think, I think, you know, I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen organically. Right. You almost have to be, uh, you know, an, an unspoken vote uh, from your peers, I guess, but you know, everybody does it differently. So you think if, if, if someone uh, steps up and says, okay, guys, I'm the leader of this locker room, everyone's just going to start <laughs> yeah, if, booing. If you're st- yeah, if you're standing on, oh, no, no, they're not going to start booing and, you know, throwing tomatoes at them or anything like that. But, you know, yeah, if you're going to stand up on a bench and say, you know, as the locker room leader, you know, it's, it's probably not going to be great for you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again to Winston Craig, June Jones couple of good crisp interviews this week, and those, of course, will be up on our YouTube page, isolated, if you want to hear them again by themselves. We always do that for you. But now we can take it here to the big finish. Oliver Luck wrapping up his tour of mini camps 
giving out more awesome info, and we have some confirmations to make as well here in this week's Hot Read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, buster, Burr, tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. Oliver Luck was in L.A., he was in Dallas. Well, he was everywhere the last few weeks, going around to mini camps, and he made some confirmations. Last week, we talked about some of the things he said. This week, the commissioner confirmed, as we alluded to earlier, headset communications for all offensive skill positions, and that is really going to make things interesting and fast-paced in the XFL. Coach who's calling the signals will have not only communication to the quarterback who has a receiver, you know, in his helmet, but also to all skilled players. So the wide receivers, running backs, tight ends will all have that receiver in their helmet to hear the play. So they don't necessarily need to run back into the huddle. So we focused on we focused on a sort of football tech that would help us play fast, play up tempo, and and play good football. I play better football. So there are a number of innovations that we have that the fans will be seeing. But that's just one example of one of the things we're trying to. So Jake, I totally subscribe to the fact that that is going to help the quality of offense in the XFL, having every skill position player with communication directly to the coach. What do you think? No, I'll agree with that. Um, you know, they want to make it a quicker game, and this is definitely one way to help that. You know, if, if you don't have to, you know, you can run, I don't know, could you theoretically run a no huddle every down? Yeah, and, and oh, yeah, I, mean, I think you're going to have to almost. June Jones said it's going to be a lot like two-minute drill for most of the game. It's going to be a lot of running out there and getting to the line. And I mean, I don't think we're going to see too many huddles, maybe some muddles, because who needs them if you've got direct contact to all your players out there? Uh, the I guess the quarterback is probably going to have to get those linemen in order. They won't have the headsets, Bryant, but that's going to make for an interesting dynamic we've never really seen before in the game. Well, June Jones brought it up in his interview, right, that the the receivers, this is really going to help the receivers, maybe even the running backs who can't really hear the play or maybe are down the field or something like that. The quarterback can still huddle with his offensive linemen very quickly because the offensive linemen don't have to go far to get settled into their position. So I don't see that as a disadvantage for them. I think it's just going to be more of an advantage for the receivers to get you know a little bit more time, take a breather when they're coming back and not having to rush all the way down. Uh, to get into a huddle for no reason. And let's hope it means that receivers aren't running the wrong route where a quarterback thinks they're going to be one place, throws it, and it's picked off. That would be disastrous. And uh, we've experienced <laughs> that lately as Steeler fans, Jake. So we don't want to see that in the XFL. Hopefully this clears that up. What about defensively? Rumor is that uh, two defensive players will have the headset. Uh, that came out this week uh, on, on some... Uh, social media people talking about that would that be a disadvantage if only a few defensive players have the headset and all those offensive players get it jake uh yeah i actually think it would if i was a defensive guy i don't think i would like this uh well i, I don't know i think uh, i don't think you have enough time i don't know time for what uh, yeah i don't know how essential it is because like the the 
the way you communicate on defense is like hardly a huddle. A lot, most of the communication is already happening yeah. when you're set or when you're out there and the offense is walking to the line. I, Even I in just... the before communication days, like on offense, you would always have to sub in a receiver, right, or somebody to get the plane, or the quarterback would have to hit the sideline and come back and try to get the play. On defense, and Alan, I played on the defensive side of the football, you looked at the sideline, they threw some signals at you, and you were good to go. Like, that was it. You didn't really have to, like, get a play in or get a stunt in. I mean, you, you know, you, you you get the play in, you huddle up, you go out to your position, you read what's going on. A lot of that's on the fly anyway, uh, depending on what you see from the offense. Well, do you think even two defensemen need to have a microphone, or could they just do one? Well, I think the reason you have two is just because you never know what happens with one. You know, if, if somebody so, so two is a second. I, yeah, I'd say on. you'd want someone in the secondary in the back of the of the defense and someone up front like a linebacker uh, who can communicate with the defensive line. So that would be the thinking behind it. If that's what the XFL goes with, we'll officially hear all that. I'm sure in the coming weeks because well, the league's planning for some some announcements. Oliver Luck said that the championship location will be announced in early 2020, which is only a few weeks away. And I don't know. I'm still on the fence on what city I want it to be in. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know, Jake. Do you have a, a, per, a preferred championship location? I, I'm sure I did if I could remember what I said in many episodes. What ago. about right now? It might have changed. Uh, I. Uh, you can't go wrong with Vegas. <laughs> I'll I'll say that. Well, I would I would if we're gonna go because we want gambling. I'm gonna go with Jersey then, Bryant because you could gamble there too. You could mix you could place bets and it's closer to me. So I'm I'm gonna go with MetLife for right now. So you would give it to a uh, you would not put it at a neutral location. N- no, I'm I want it in one of the eight XFL cities for sure. Okay, all right. Brian, you have a preferred place? If you're going to put in one of the eight markets, I think it, it, I think you're limited because a lot of those markets aren't going to be very interested unless you have some sort of spectacle uh, going on uh, if that team is not involved. Uh, Vegas is the only outside chance I'd put it at uh, of any of the markets not to um, be a host city and, and actually host a Super Bowl. I, it'd be interesting to see if, if this is a choice by the league or if people putting in bids for this. Uh, that they want this to happen in their city, that'd be kind of a good sign to see uh, once that's announced. But uh, we've had this discussion many times. I'm just going to be happy to have a championship game. Uh, <laughs> and that is because of what happened to the AA. Yeah, some leagues don't get that. Some leagues don't get that opportunity. They actually had two host cities for the championship game and didn't actually get to use either one of them. So I'm just I'm just glad that they're going to get to that point. And another bit here, now we can confirm that rules will be confirmed after the holidays. So the league will finally reveal its rule book after the holidays, and we we can confor- confirm that now, Jake. According to XFL sources, they will be releasing the rule book after Christmas. So you won't be getting the rule book under your Christmas tree, not one of the eight, eight nights of Hanukkah, after the holidays, you're going to be getting an XFL rulebook. So get that English accent ready, man. What What is that? Uh, Russian Christmas? Uh, isn't that sometime after uh, December 25th? 
Uh, Boxing Day, you also have. I don't know exactly. What, I think <laughs> when you say holidays around this time of year, you also say New Year's, I think, too. So I think you're, uh, I mean, I'm just assuming this, but I think it's past all that as well. Uh, yeah, probably after after your once you're back at work, and and not and not hungover or bloated from all the overeating, that's where we get the rule book, baby. And I can't wait; those are going to be such fun shows. Uh, last uh, bit here is that uh, the XFL plans on having, like I said earlier, Oliver Luck will be at the Super Bowl, but is going to be all over Houston in January, just like he was with minicamp. So expect to see the commissioner saying a lot and talking a lot about the league and giving us all insight the way he did during minicamps, which I thought was awesome. I thought it was awesome during minicamps, Bryant, to see the, the commissioner in every single city giving us, giving us so many details about the league. Availability, right? The the, the man is doing is making towns and... And you know what? And the shout out to Sam Schwartzstein too. I saw on, on on social media that he was all over the place as well. A lot of those guys are, are making towns, are making the rounds around on mini camps. I'm sure answering questions, uh, observing what's going on. Uh, they're putting this whole thing together. So make sure every little piece is put in place. Uh, I'll, I'll use Jake's reference as to every piece of the puzzle is in the right place. Uh, kudos to them because I, I I don't think I could do five cities in five days or eight and nine or whatever it is that was going on there because that's that's a lot of traveling. <laughs> Making towns and making the rounds. Taking the break now, though, because we've got the holidays coming up, and then we go to Houston for training camp. And what a year it's been. We've got one more left in 2019, Jake, before we wrap things up, and it's officially the year of kickoff 2020. Is that according to uh, Chinese New Year, the year of kickoff? <laughs> is that, that, that's year of what, kickoff. Yeah. Uh, the year of the XFL is what 2020 will be remembered, at least by me. As And I cannot wait. And uh, I appreciate everybody uh, for contributing to this show this week. Everybody from the Houston Roughnecks, the Dallas Renegades, Coach Jones, and, of course, Winston Craig. Thanks to everybody for reaching out to us at XFL Show. We're going to end 2020 the right way next week. But happy holidays to everybody. Uh, until then, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Boxing Day, whatever you celebrate, stay safe and enjoy. Uh, I cannot wait to see what 2020 will be bringing us, though, in just a few short weeks, Bryant. Yeah, you know, Merry Christmas uh, to anybody because the show will air after Christmas. We'll be here before New Year's, so we'll save that till then. Uh, but uh, another week closer, another day closer, uh, Jake, uh, give it to the people because you know they want to hear it. They're listening? We're closer than ever. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> that's that's well, not that's your line. line. That's Vince's line. line. And he that's already Vince's left. I, thought. I didn't know what you were teasing up for. <laughs> he already left. He left middle of the show to go see his in-laws for Christmas. So it's up to you to give your line. Uh, okay. Set me up again. <laughs> uh, uh, Jake, uh, give it to the people because you know. They we're won't. closer than ever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nailed it. We miss, we miss anything else, Bryant? I think we covered it all. Uh, that There's a lot going on. I'm sure we did miss something, to be 100% honest with everyone. But, you know, I, I've been hammering for two shows for a few weeks now. We'll see if anybody actually listens to me at some point because uh, there's so much going on. But just make sure you're following us on Twitter, uh, at XFL Show. Follow the league, XFL.com, too. Tons of stuff going on there. Shout out to the league for putting our show 100 on, on there as well. So you can check that out as well. Uh, YouTube. What else can I throw out there? Anything else? Uh, YouTube, XFL.com. We're there. They're listening. Yep. And uh, I'll get to that in a second. And also, 
Of course, the, the podcast feed. Subscribe to it. It's free, and it's on all podcast apps. And make sure you don't miss a thing every single weekend. There's going to be a lot more things coming because, like Brian said, there's too much to cover in one show anymore. So uh, changes coming with the new year comes a new schedule for us, and we'll be revealing that pretty soon. So keep your eyes peeled at XFL Show and keep your ears open to your podcast applications. Works. What? Eyes eyes aren't peeled. Eyes open and your ears peeled. You peel ears? I don't think you peel eyes though. Can we just keep them open and call it a day? Don't peel your eyes. Remember, fans, they're listening. Don't peel your eyes. Enjoy the rest of 2019 because pretty soon it's going to be over and it will be kickoff year, baby. For Jake, for Vince, for Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.